everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. How's everyone doing this Sunday morning? I'm doing alright, I just woke up shortly ago and the sunlight is streaming through the windows just like I like it. I hope you all have a great day today. I hope I have a great day today too. Well, today I'm going to be talking, looks like this could be a serious episode. And of course, I'm talking about Season 2, Episode 16, entitled, A Hunting We Will Go. Rick is eager to go on his first hunting trip with his grandfather, and Edward reluctantly allows it. But when Rick gets a deer in his sights, he finds himself conflicted over the experience. This episode aired on February 18th, 1984. This episode has a 6.5 out of 10, based on 20 ratings. The episode was directed by Jack Shea, writers David W. Duklin, the creator, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, also creators. David W. Duklin, written by Howard Leeds, the creator, Ben Starr, the creator, and Martin Cohen, the creator. A lot of creators on this show. This is very interesting. I'll have to look for this. This is trivia. So the deer used in this episode was not harmed in any way. Narr- narrator quote at end of episode. So I'll be looking for that and listening for it. We got some soundtrack credits. The Gold Digger song, We're in the Money. I didn't know it was called the Gold Digger song. So this one. <laughs> see, Harry Warren L. Dublin. So I'm guessing uh, music by Harry Warren. Lyrics by L. Dublin. This was Sung by Franklin Seals and John Houseman. Alright. A Hunting We Will Go. Written by Thomas Augustine Arn. And sung by John Houseman. So people get to show off their uh, vocals. Alright, now I'm going to give a shout out to some podcast listeners. And then I'll let the new listeners, or regular listeners, know where they can go. And follow along with the podcast online. All right, we have Swanee, Georgia, Hanslow, United Kingdom, Grand Marsh, Wisconsin, Reno, Nevada, Cordova, Tennessee, Farmington, Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri, Uniontown, Ohio, Ukraine, Muskegon, Michigan, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, it looks like Veve, Switzerland, Ashburn, Virginia, and Chicago, Illinois. Thank you all for listening. Now, to where you can go to follow along with the podcast, you can go to the Facebook page, and together we're going to find our way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast Facebook page. You can go there for upcoming episodes, along with Instagram, at Silver Spoons Podcast, or Silver Spoons Pod. If, or also on Twitter, at the Punky Power Podcast slash Silver Spoons Podcast, I do all my episode updates and other fun things. Pictures and 
I haven't done trivia in a while, but uh, I think I'll have to do that for to get you another uh, shout, chance for a shout-out on the podcast. If you'd like to send me an email, I would love to hear from you. You can do so at silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's jump right into this episode. All right, so we come out of the intro, and the living room is... It's like a jungle, like literally vines and fake trees. And they substituted their regular Chase Lounge leather couch for... I'm guessing this has got to be like... uh, It looks like concrete... uh, Concrete rock with a tree growing out the side of it. But... um, (laughs) It's probably just styrofoam painted gray, but anyway, it just it just looks like they'd be uncomfortable to sit on. But then the doorbell, which sounds like the uh, the the jungle with uh, birds and st- stuff like that. So we have someone at the door. Actually, two someones. We have Dexter and. Grandfather Stratton, who of course he gets in a, a big applause because it's John Houseman. So Ricky goes up to greet his grandfather and Dexter. His grandfather takes his hat and puts it on Ricky's head, his little top hat. And Ricky's like, "Hey Dexter, what's up?" And Dexter makes a um, a stock market reference, saying AT and T. Thankfully, so Ricky's like, "Come over here, I want to show you something." And we see. Edward and Kate standing off to the side, kind of waving like, oh, we didn't even get a hello. That's real great. So Ricky kind of throws his hand like, what do you think of all of this? The vines and the trees and the whatnot. And Grandfather Stratton kind of asks a question. We're all kind of wondering, Edward, why do you have rubber trees in your living room? Really, I kind of want to know too. Oh, it's a jungle couch, according to Edward, and it's a work of art. Sure, I guess. Okay. Is this something that they're planning to sell to people? Or I'm I gotta say it looks it looks tacky. <laughs> that that couch looks very tacky. I can't see anyone wanting to sit on that. So Grandfather Stratton comments on the artist's view of the jungle with his creation and Edward kind of gets his hopes up like, oh, so you like it. And his father's like, no, it sucks. I don't like it. As we cut over to Ricky and Kate and Dexter, Dexter, who's probably got a little pocket calculator singing, we're in the money, we're in the money, as he's punching in some figures that we don't see. And Kate and Ricky turn to look at Dexter like, what? What's with you, man? We know you're all about the monies, but uh, you're acting weird even for you. So Kate finally comments like, Dexter, you're in a good mood. And he's like, oh yes, uh, Miss, uh, Mr. Stratton here just purchased a bunch of fast food chains called so, uh, like, Mostly Meats or something. Mel's Mostly Meats is a fast food stand. A chain of them, in fact. So, to that fact, Grandfather Stratton says, Oh, well, Mel is a pioneer in the fast food industry. 
And Ricky's like, yeah, I like his partly his partly potato or something like that. Like, and Kate's like, yeah, I every so often I stop it and get one of their it could be fish sandwiches. That sounds like it could be gross. What's a partly potato? So does this guy just go halfway with creating this food and like like you get the food but no taste or something? So Edward's like, um. I read somewhere that Mel's is like deeply in debt, like hundreds, thousands, and his father's like, actually, it's millions. So I'm sure Edward's like, well, then why did you buy it? And grandfather kind of turns to Dexter, snaps his finger, like, go. And Dexter's like, for the tax write-off. Like, oh, that's why Whitmark and the Chowhound that have been abandoned for years... That Whitmark that's been abandoned for, gosh, how long has it been? 23 years now? They're clearly using it as a tax write-off. The building does nothing. It's just, it sits there. It does there's nothing to it. And even the chowhow next to that is like, that's been gone for at least probably 13 years. Alright, now, now uh, <laughs> Grandfather's kind of saying, we're in the money. Like, oh my goodness. Well, I think both John Houseman and Franklin Seals were on Broadway together or in in theater of sorts. So, so uh, Dexter kind of gets into it, puts his arm around Grandfather Stratton and starts to sing, but then he stops when... Uh, Grandfather Stratton looks at him like, do you mind? This is not a duet. <laughs> and and Dexter, like, oh, mm, sorry. <laughs> I got up, uh, caught in the moment there. <laughs> so Edward cuts to the chase, like, uh, Father, did you just come here to gloat and throw this in my face with your monies that you just happened upon? And his father's like, no, actually, I've come for a surprise for Richard. And Ricky is all, like, beaming ear to ear, like, a surprise for me? Oh my gosh, wow. So they all sit down on this couch. I can imagine what he's going to say about the couch. Oh, there's a long rubber leaf hanging in his face as he turns and says, no, he's sitting there and says to Edward, do you have a machete? Like, get this rubber leaf out of my face. So Edward moves it just to the back of the couch. Of course, it swings right back, hits Mr. Stratton right in the face. Like, ugh. I'm going to play this clip as we hear what the surprise is. Every year around this time, I go hunting. Father, <laughs> I know you're against hunting, but this year I'd like to ask Richard if he cares to come along. Me? I'd love to go hunting. I've wanted to go hunting ever since I read The Last of the Mohegans. You might even get to bag a deer. Did you hear that, Dad? Bag a deer. That's hunting talk. I know, son. Uh, Rick, I'm not sure this is a good idea. I'm worried about you going hunting. I'm afraid of what the experience might do to your emotional health. My emotional health? Come on, Dad. I'm a rock. <laughs> Son, it's one thing to say the phrase bag a deer. It's another whole thing to actually sight down a rifle and shoot one. 
You think you could do that? I know I couldn't. Dad, do you remember last week at dinner? You told me to eat my crab lasagna. And I said, I don't like crab lasagna. And you said, how do you know you don't like crab lasagna? You've never tried it. It might be better if you wait a year or two before you decide to try your hand at hunting. Dad! Edward, if the boy really wants to go, let him. I would. Yeah, well, he's not your son. Well, I'm well over 80, and if he were my son, I would deserve a standing ovation. <laughs> Edward, will you allow Richard to go with me? Do you promise to listen to everything your grandfather says and do exactly what he tells you? I promise. Cross my heart, hope to die. If I lie, may I fry. <laughs> Okay, you can go. All right! <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Richard, tomorrow we'll go to a practice range and we'll get you a license. So, uh, where are we going to hunt? Well, some years ago, I bought several thousand acres, 150 miles from here, Mount St. Stratton. <laughs> you bought a whole mountain? <laughs> I'd always wanted one. <laughs> Stavins, let's go. Next week, a hunt and we will go. So Edward's father reveals Edward, you know how every year I do go hunting this time of year. This year, however, I would like to take Richard with me. And Ricky is really, really excited. He's never hunted before a day in his life, but he'd love to share this fun experience with his grandfather. So I don't know if this line could be offensive today. As Ricky says, I've wanted to go hunting since I read The Last of the Mohicans. Which, I mean, you know, they, you know, they kill animals to eat them, which is so, okay, so that's not offensive. But, yeah, Ricky just wants to try it out. And Edward's got his, uh reservations about that. He does not think it's a good idea. He brings up Ricky's Ricky being maybe too emotional or sensitive. He doesn't want something as big as, you know, killing an animal, you know, using a gun to kind of... He, he just thinks that that's going to mess Ricky up in the head. So, Grandfather Stratton says the words, you might even get to bag a deer. And... Ricky's eyes are just bursting out of his head in excitement. Like, he, as he turns to his father and says, Dad, did you hear that? I may even get to bag a deer. Oh, he's... Edward stands up at this point and says, Ricky, I don't know how I feel about you going hunting. I'm worried about what the experience, you know, of shooting a deer, of holding a gun, will do to your emotional health. Of course, Ricky's like, emotional health? Come on, Dad, I'm not a weenie. I can handle it. Of course, Ricky with his two thumb thumbing at himself, like, come on, Dad, I'm a rock. And I just, 
It made me think of that Chevy commercial, Like a Rock. That popped into my head. Oh, yeah, we see Grandfather sitting right next to Ricky, pat him on the shoulder, and kind of mutter, say, good boy. Like, oh, my goodness. Ricky has no idea of what he's getting into. I get it. He's a boy. He's excited. The idea of how holding a gun, shooting a deer supposedly can make you a man or make you feel like a man or something. I don't know. <laughs> so I like Edward here, how he's kind of making Ricky understand. Like, it's one thing to say, quote-unquote, bag a deer. It's another one to sight a deer through a scope, aim a gun at it, and pull the trigger. Like, you think this is all fun and games. It's going to be a great experience. You don't, he doesn't understand the emotional depth that comes with taking a life. Even if it's the life of an animal, he's still taking a life. So Edward goes and sits back down next to Ricky and says, Are you sure you could do that? Because I know I couldn't do that. That's why Edward has never gone hunting with his father. He's, some guys have an interest, some don't. Jeremy's not into that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not into hunting, but I know there are girls out there that do hunt. That's why they have, you know, pink camouflage outfits for the girls that like to hunt. <laughs> so, Ricky tries to come up with an, uh, to compare a situation. Last week at dinner, his dad had said, here, try this crab lasagna. That sounds so so good. I would eat that. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of lasagna, but I love crab. So, Ricky's like, yeah, but I don't like it. And Edward, of course, said, well, if you, how do you know you don't like it? You haven't tried it. And Ricky is comparing this to hunting, which he's 13 years old. He doesn't understand the logic of how comparing these two completely different things makes zero sense. And it's not helping his case. So Edward stands back up, turns to face Ricky, and says, "Hey, look, I feel it. I feel more comfortable if you waited another year or two. Yeah, Ricky, a couple more years. I mean, I know there are kids, probably even younger than Ricky, that their fathers or parents take them out hunting at like maybe eight or nine years old. I don't know any specifically, but you know a." a Kids, you know, dad, if they like to hunt and stuff, of course, maybe a kid is going to be into that. And the parents take them out, you know, start them young, teaching them how to use a gun. Which Edward finally concedes, like, all right, Rick, sure, you can do this. And grandfather, before he leaves, he's like, all right, Richard, I am going to take you to the shooting range so we can get you comfortable holding a gun, find the right fit for you so you can get some practice in. And you kind of, you know, I mean, shooting an actual physical live deer versus shooting a target is going to be completely different. And I like the little trick before Grandfather Stratton leaves. Ricky's like, oh, Grandfather, your hat. He, Ricky takes it by the brim and flings it like a Frisbee. And his grandfather catches it and smiles. Like, I like that little, that was a cool trick. And the audience just goes nuts for it. So let me back up for a quick sec. Um, His... Edward's father says, I think you should let the boy go hunting with me. Edward reminds his father, like, Ricky, it's my son, not yours. Finally, Edward just gives in. He says, you know what? I agree to let you go. However, 
Do you agree that you will listen to everything he says to you? And Ricky's like, yes, yes, he swears by it. So, Grandfather Stratton and Dexter walk out the door singing, A Hunting We Will Go. Kate and Edward are kind of standing there as Ricky walks past them, hunched over, and then we hear Edward say, I hope I made the right decision, because he doesn't feel like he did. He probably feels like he was pushed into just giving in. As we see Ricky pretend holding a fake gun and then shooting it. Like he's sighting a deer in his, uh, and pulling the trigger. Is that the whole reason they got this whole set here for um, this jungle theme they got going on? All right, now we get a, well, this isn't the real outdoors. It's just a set, but you hear a babbling brook nearby. And you hear some birds, so it's really making you feel like they're outside. So we see in the far back that Grandfather Stratton is taking Ricky, leading, I guess they're on the trail of a buck, and uh, Grandfather Stratton is just like, listen to me, do what I say, he's going to come through here, come for water. And Ricky is taking everything at face value, like, yes, yes, I hear you, and I understand, I'm listening. Now they're just kind of chilling on this log here, just resting for a minute, because, you know, older grandfather's got to rest. He's an old man, and Ricky's taking his shoes off so he can rub his feet, because they've probably been walking for quite a while. So Ricky, of course, is complaining about the fact that they he feels like they've hiked a hundred miles, and how he wishes they had brought golf carts. You're not getting golf carts through that unsteady terrain, buddy. So his father, or his grandfather chastises him, like, exercising, or <laughs> hiking is a great way to stay in shape. And Ricky's like, yes, you are so wise, grandfather, and so old. I'm like, oh, God. Of course, grandfather makes a joke about how he took his first exercise on the Mayflower. So Ricky chuckles at that and then gets serious, like, uh, you're kidding, aren't you? <laughs> right? And, of course, Grandfather laughs, like, yes, yes, I'm kidding. I want to play this cute clip. It's really cute. Just a grandfather-grandson bonding moment as they're talking about telling jokes. Boy, it feels like we've hiked a hundred miles today. You know, it would be a whole lot easier if we could just use golf carts. Hiking is fine exercise, Richard. You know, you're amazing. You're in great shape. And you're so darn old. <laughs> I took my exercise when I first came over on the Mayflower. <laughs> You're kidding, right? <laughs> Sometimes it's hard for me to tell when you're joking or not. <laughs> I don't joke very much. I don't do it very well. But I, I do like to tell a good joke when I hear one. Yeah? Have you got one? Oh, Dexter told me one that's a knee slapper. Yeah, do you want to hear it? Yeah. Okay, here goes. This couple comes to a psychiatrist's office, and the woman says, Doctor, you've got to help us. My husband thinks he's a dog. And 
the psychiatrist says to the man, lie down on the couch. And the woman says, he's not allowed on the couch. <laughs> Boy, it's great to see you laugh. Richard, uh, see that woodpecker up there? Where? Over there in the trees. I don't see him. <laughs> Maybe it's just my imagination. joke about a woman and her husband at a psychiatrist's office and she says how her husband thinks he's a dog and the psychiatrist says well why don't you sit on the he sit on the couch and the psychiatrist says well he's not allowed on the couch like uh, Ricky found it funny I'm like meh so grandfather says Ricky do you Richard do you see that uh, woodpecker up in that tree and Ricky's like no no I don't see anything where where I don't see it and of course, we cut back to Grandfather Stratton, who's put a little, like, birdie, like, chirping, bobbing, um, wind-up bird toy on his forehead. And I thought that was funny. As he says, you, maybe you're not looking close enough or something. So they laugh about that. He gives Ricky the wind-up bird, and all of a sudden you hear this cracking sound. Ricky right away grabs his gun and goes running off. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think that's proper hunting etiquette, is it? You just get it. I mean, and he's maybe had a little experience at the shooting range. Imagine he's running with that gun and he trips and falls. That's an accident waiting to happen. Oh, he doesn't start running with it. No, he turns towards the noise, starts facing it. So... All right, let's see how this is going to go down. <laughs> it's too much noise for a deer. That's a man. What booby would come trespassing on my land? Grandfather says that's too much noise that a deer would not make that much noise like that. No, he's like, it's a, it's a person, it's a man. Yeah, it's Edward screaming Rick's name. Rick, are you here? Well, whatever was out there, any animals, they're long gone now. Thank you, Edward. So I'm getting the feeling like he wanted to be included in this guy's hunting trip or something. Because... He's like, whoa, it took me a while to find you. I'm thinking, this was a grandfather-grandson outing. You weren't invited. I mean, if they wanted you to come along, they would have invited you. 
and it can be a Stratton men outing, but it's a, a nice moment between a grandson and his grandfather. And he makes up, Edward makes up the lame excuse, like, oh, well, uh, you forgot you wore your brown belt, and I know how much you like to wear your black belt, so I brought it to you. <sighs> this is a lame, oh my goodness, but then again, he's gonna be there for the emotional support, which of course Ricky's gonna need later. And Ricky is confused, maybe even a little irritated, like, Dad, you drove 150 miles? To bring me my belt. Why didn't you just say you wanted to come along? Why sneak up here? And what is 150 miles? Is that like at least three or more hours? Okay, you guys know I like Edward. He's a cool dude. But he is kind of encroaching on this grandson-grandfather outing. It just, it irritates me. He wasn't invited. So, Edward finally comes clean about that my guess is he wanted to be there with them. He wanted to be included. Well, alright. <laughs> the other reason I came was Father, your secretary called and your shoes are ready. <laughs> You know, the wingtips you had resold, so I thought I'd come out and give you the good news. You rode 150 miles and climbed all over this mountain to tell me about my shoes. No, mainly it was a belt. No, it wasn't. All right, all right. The truth is, it's my son's first hunting trip, and I wanted to make sure he was okay. There, now I said it. Are you happy now? Your secretary called me and said your shoes are ready. The ones that you had the wingtips repaired on. And his father just glares at Edward. Like, do you want to try again with a real reason? Because that was lame. Edward's like, all right, I'll admit it. It's my son's first hunting trip. I wanted to be up here with him to make sure he was okay. So clearly he does not trust his father to look after Richard and his well-being. And then Edward starts yelling, like, oh, blah, 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 you got it on me, okay, blah, 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 blah. And, and his dad and his son look at him like, shut up. He's like, I won't say a word. My lips are sealed. Shut your mouth. Be quiet. You're mute from this moment on. Yeah, they are both looking at Edward like he is a major inconvenience here. He really... They had a great time going, and Edward had to come in and mess it all up. Like, dude, you're encroaching. We don't like it. I get that you want to be there for your son's safety and emotional support. I get it. But now you're cramping. He's basically cramping their style. And everything he does is going to earn a glare or a look from both his father and son. So Edward, in order to keep his vow of silence, taps Ricky on the shoulder, then taps his father on the shoulder, and Edward is holding a blue backpack, and he's miming the putting his 
fingers to his mouth, like, num, 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 and moving his jaw. Like, I have food in my bag. Like, great. <laughs> and he puts his other hand to his mouth and does a jerking motion like he's drinking a beverage. Like, I also got drinks in here, too, for everybody. Like, great, great. And he rubs his tum-tum for emphasis. Like, mmm, like, oh my goodness. So, his grandfather's had enough. Like, Edward, I would rather hear you speak than continue to observe your impression of Harpo Marx. Was Harpo Marx a mime? Was he a silent film actor like Char Charlie Chaplin? Oh, and Edward reveals, I stopped at Mel's Mostly Meats on the way here as he unzips the bag, so he's got some stuff there. Oh, boy. Yum, yum, yum. So, he pulls out a bag that's got... Let's see, one is mostly chicken, one is close to pastrami, and one peanutless butter with just about jelly. Ooh, how does that place stay open? I can see how they're not doing that great because their foods are mere imitations of what they should be. He's also got drinks, which they all pop their tops and take a sip from. Nothing wrong there so far. They all take a bite of their sandwich, and then they all are just looking around while they chew on that bite of food that's in their mouth. Like, oh, we're not going to talk, we're just going to look. Their heads all turn in one direction, and then they turn in the other direction. <laughs> and they all grab and sip their sodas at the same time. So that's just funny, because it's like... The Stratton men together are all doing the same thing at the same time. Just like father, like son, like grandfather, like grandson. <laughs> and they all like go, ah, after they take a sip. <laughs> this is so cute. It's so cute. And they're all wearing tan hunting vests. And... Red and black checkered flannel shirts. They're all wearing tan pants. They're all dressed alike. <laughs> we get the audience applauding at that. So, of course, Edward takes this moment of quiet time to revel in the fact of, I've never noticed just how nice this is. I'm glad I came up here. Thank you. So, I'm going to play this clip. You know something, Father? I never realized until now what I've been missing. <coughs> this is really very nice. I'm glad I'm here with you. It is nice. Yeah. You know, Edward, there's <laughs> something I've been meaning to tell you. Yeah. Your son here is a very fine young man. And you've done a decent job of raising him. Thank you, Father. Coming from you, that's high praise. does compliment him on raising 
his son. Like, you've done a fine job raising this boy. I couldn't be more proud. And, of course, Edward's like, gee, father, that's the first time that you've ever complimented me. Thank you. And I love how grandfather, uh, how Edward's father puts a hand on his shoulder and then also one on his grandson's shoulder. It's really sweet. Of course, to come along and kind of ruin the moment a little bit, we get a snap of a branch. Like, okay, sounds like something that is not a deer. Unless it's Kate. We don't know. I don't think it's Kate, though. She wouldn't intrude on this... Uh, fun little outing. with his gun, he uh, sets his eye down the barrel of the scope, and he sees the deer. It's a buck. And at first I'm like, no, I don't think that Ricky would... No, he's, he puts the gun down, like, no, he's not gonna do it. And his grandfather's kind of like, uh... I would even kind of pressure him, like, no, no, you can do this, come on, just how I taught you, you take the safety off... Get ready to shoot. Ricky again puts the scope up to his eye, sights the deer, and we see the deer. This is a real deer. And it's just, its ears are flickering, and, you know, back and forth, probably listening for sound and everything. And Ricky does, in fact, shoot the deer. You see the deer stumble. His grandfather pats him on the back, but you see Ricky's brokenhearted face at the realization of what he has just done in taking a life. This is sad. Because he really is now regretting having done that. When he first put the gun down, after the first time he attempted, you know, looked down the, the scope, and he and his dad, you know, made eye contact, whereas Edward was probably like, I knew you were not going to be able to handle this, but grandfather is right behind Ricky, encouraging him to try again. So we see the deer just lying there. And it looks like Ricky shot the deer in the in the shoulder. Could it be like in the heart possibly? I'm not sure with the deer anatomy where the heart is going to be. I thought it would be like in the chest with other, you know, animals, but <clears throat> Still alive. Mitchell, he's 
put out of his misery. Son, getting what you want is the worst thing that can happen to you. Sorry I let you down, Grandfather. Look up, Richard. You did not let me down. You reacted genuinely. You showed honest emotion. If you hadn't, you'd have let yourself down. goodness that was that was hard (laughs) that was hard you know apparently the deer was wounded and Ricky's uh, grandfather and Edward you know they're there around the deer Ricky comes with his gun and his grandmother says son you're gonna have to put him out of his misery this you know and at first, I thought Ricky was going to do that, as he was cocking the gun back like he was getting ready to, to do that. And then he just runs off, puts the gun down by the, the log, and just, I can't, I can't do it. And Edward goes after him, and uh, we hear, of course, in the clip, his, you know, his grandfather has to put the deer down. 
And Ricky, of course, his dad comes, and Ricky turns and wraps his arms around him and just says, Dad, I, I didn't think that this is what hunting was going to be like. You know, I wanted to go so badly. And Edward says, I know, son. Sometimes getting the one thing you want could be the worst thing in your life. And Ricky keeps mentioning the deer's eyes and how the deer looked at him and everything. And just so Ricky goes over to his grandfather because he feels he let his his grandfather down. And R Ricky's head is just hanging low, and he's just so upset. Which who wouldn't be? That's what Edward was afraid of was the emotional impact of shooting a deer would have on his son. He knew going into this that Ricky probably wouldn't be able to handle it. We know the kind of kid that Ricky is. He is sensitive. He is emotional. And that necessarily doesn't have to do with the fact that he's a boy, that he's a teenager. It's just some people are wired a certain way other than others. Some kids maybe can put that whole you know, it's an animal, you know, it doesn't have a soul, it doesn't this or that, that they can put that out of their mind and just focus on, you know, the hunting aspect and everything. Because if you put sentimentality in there, then the, you've, the hunters probably feel that's going to cloud your judgment and you're not going to be able to go through with it. And I love how Grandfather takes his finger Puts it under Ricky's chin to lift Ricky's face to his. Like, grandson, you did not let me down. Okay. You reacted just as I thought you would. And they, he's not embarrassed or ashamed of his grandson. You know, like I said, some people can do it and some people can't. That doesn't make you any less of a person. You know, he tried it and figured, you know, it wasn't for him. And now he's just having to deal with the emotional aspect. Edward says, hey, get the soda cans, get the sandwiches, let's pack up, let's go home. So I kind of wonder, this is leaving Edward and his father to face off. And I wonder if Edward is going to start yelling at his father. Like, this is your fault, this is your idea to bring him up here, and now my son is scarred for life. Exactly what I thought would happen happened. He couldn't handle it. Let's find out. <clears throat> what do we do with the deer? We'll take Richard up to your car, and then you and I will come back down here. Richard... Apologize for bringing you down here today. No, Father, this was my responsibility. I shouldn't have let him come. It's my fault. Oh, wait a minute. It's nobody's <laughs> fault. <laughs> I wanted to try hunting. And I did. I didn't like it. But you know, for a while before that deer came along, all three of us were having a real good time. 
happy just being together. That's the part I want to remember. was not harmed in any way. You know, in fact, actually, that didn't happen. What I thought, like, I bet this is going to happen. It seems like, you know, usually when he and his father argue, it's going to be over Ricky, and I thought that Edward was going to automatically start blaming his father. No, that didn't happen. What he says, he says, asks, what are we going to do with the deer? His father says, you take Richard up to the car, and then you'll come back down here, and we'll take care of the deer. So, does that mean disposing of it? Taking it with them? Because they both drove in separate vehicles. And that's the thing, that's on his, his property, right? So, he has a right to take that deer? Or is that different outside of, um, you know, hunting season? I don't know how that works. So Grandfather is blaming himself. Like, it's my fault I brought you up here. And you have every right to blame me. And Edward's like, no, Father, it's my fault. I should. I didn't want this to happen to begin with. I was against it from the start. I should have put my foot down. This is my responsibility. And Ricky's like, no, no, no. It was nobody's fault. I wanted to go hunting, and I did. And I found out I didn't like it. So that, that pretty much concludes the episode. You know, Ricky's grandfather puts your arm around him, and then Edward comes along and puts his arm around Ricky's, and all three of them walk out of the woods as Ricky Schroeder, the actor who plays Ricky Stratton, comes on and says, this deer was not harmed in the making of this episode. And that's that's the episode. That's basically it. You know, I, I apologize in advance if the clip is a trigger warning for anybody that is not a fan of hunting. I'm not either. I just, it was such a pivotal emotional moment, him going through that process and everything after that. Um, I, I just wanted to capture that. Um, I, I'd say, honestly, for this episode, the rating I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. You know, I, I like, you know, it sucks that Ricky, you know, he went through that experience with, you know, he was so excited to shoot the deer and then the realization of what comes after shooting the deer being that he missed the heart, which is where his grandfather told him to aim, and then sadly the deer had to be put out of its misery. Um... I liked that Edward was there. I didn't initially like that he was there, but I knew that he had to be there for his son to go to and be comforted by him. So I, I like that aspect. Um, I liked the notification at the end by Ricky Shorter saying that the deer was not harmed because it was, in fact, a real deer. You see the deer stumble. The deer was not harmed in any way. So that's nice just for point of reference for those that are like, oh my gosh, they shot that deer, they actually shot the deer, and it stumbled, and it, whatever, like, no, 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 they probably had the, um, animal rights people, or whoever on the set, or whoever needed to be there to make sure everything went along according to how it was supposed to go, 
so that way not, no laws were broken, all the rights were, the deer was perfectly safe. Um, you know what? In the episode with the bear called, uh, I Want to Be Alone, we didn't get that message. We didn't get that message. Was that bear harmed in any way? It had its face in a bucket. That's about it. Um, it's the two things I, I, I didn't really care for. I don't know. I didn't really care for the singing of the song, especially Dexter's, we're in the mind, we're in the mind. No. Um, initially, like I said, I complained a lot about the fact that Edward was there, but I knew in the end he had to be there, but it's just really irritating him. Oh, Rick, Dad, are you up here? Oh, shut up. <laughs> um, for a silver spoonful, I'm just gonna go with... Leave that up to the discretion of the parents, I guess. If their kid wants to hunt, you're taking them practicing shooting and stuff, and no... Know if your kid can really actually handle that or not before you take him into the woods, which is why it's different a kid just shooting at a, a paper target versus shooting an actual living, breathing animal. I, I'm not into hunting. My dad hunted, but I was never into it. Jeremy doesn't really care to do that either. So, but you know, to each their own, to each their own. Alright, for the next episode, later this week, this is a cute one. Season 2, episode 17, entitled Changes. When the tomboyish pitcher on Ricky's baseball team, I didn't know that team was co-ed, okay, <laughs> asks Kate for advice on how to be a lady, or to... She assumes that the girl has a crush on Ricky. Little does Kate know that... This girl has a crush. She set her sights on someone else. And I think I know who she's got her sights set on. <laughs> oh, girls and crushes on older guys. How my girl Veda with Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Bixler. That's what it was. Yes, 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 yes. Now, the girl who plays, her name is Billy. She's played by Sydney Penny, who I know her as Julia Santos from the soap opera All My Children when I watched back in, like, um, 1993-94. This one's actually got a higher rating than the last one. It's got a 7.3 out of 10. And A Hunting We Will Go has a 6.5. Interesting how that's the lower one. Maybe people just didn't like it because of the aspect of hunting and seeing a deer and Ricky shooting a gun. I mean, that could be. So that'll be, that'll be a fun, fun episode with changes. Um, we have a two-parter coming up. I'm kind of, I would love to try to get this condensed into these two parts into one episode. I'm going to see if I can shoot for that. For episodes 18 and 19 entitled A Summer's Romance Part 1 and 2. I think I'm going to do that. Then that way we have three episodes left. And I think for that I'm going to go to one episode a week. So. Alright. Sounds good to me. Alright everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I will be back later in the week with the episode changes. Alright. Bye bye. Together.